Good afternoon, good morning. This is Mark Johnson from Loyalty 360. Hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you back to another episode of our Loyalty 360 Leaders in Customer Loyalty. Uh, in this series, we talk to the brand leaders about what they're seeing and hearing on the front lines of customer channel and brand loyalty. Today, we had the pleasure of speaking with Alan McGee, who is the Vice President of Digital Marketing and Technology at Church's Chicken. Along with his sister's brand, uh, Texas Chicken, and Church's Texas Chicken outside the U.S., Church's has more than 1,500 locations in 25 countries and international te uh, territories. Uh, Alan, how are you today? Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Can you tell us a little about yourself and uh, kind of what you do at Church's? Sure. Uh, so I've, I've been at Church's the last two years leading our digital transformation. So um, I like to say that's everything that a guest engages with on a screen outside of the restaurant, whether it's our own channels, our earned channels, our e-commerce channels, our paid, uh, our paid media channels, all of those is how do we continue to make the brand relevant? How do we plan for the future? And how do we use all of that for both long-term strategy and success and short-term sales driving? Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about churches uh, for those who may not know uh, kind of about your brand, what you guys do, how you do it, your history, your foundation. Uh, we actually had your CMO speak at one of our conferences probably three years ago, four years ago. Um, so would, uh, obviously I would like to kind of get an update, but uh, for our audience, it'd be great for them to kind of know more as well. Yeah, happy to. So churches is on the cusp of turning 70. We were founded in 1952 as churches to go by George W. Church across from the Alamo in San Antonio. Uh, so a lot of Texas heritage in our fried chicken and our flavors um, was one of the original, I'd say, entrepreneur, franchisor pioneers. Uh, the brand grew very fast and we're, we're very well known for our fried chicken, both original and spicy. Our sides, things like mac and cheese and jalapeno bombers and fried okra, we call it our uh, down-home favorites. Okay. Um, and then we just recently launched our brand new chicken sandwich, which is a signature product with a honey butter bun, our, um, our new signature buttermilk fried chicken uh, filet, along with pickles and mayo. We've seen incredibly positive and rave reviews on it. And we also have a spicy <laughs> version, which you get to squeeze a jalapeno squeeze on. Uh, and so that's been a lot of what we've been talking about the last uh, 60 days. That's awesome. I know uh, your chicken has uh, been all the rage up here in Cincinnati. Uh, a lot of my soccer uh, friends, a lot of coaches actually like it uh, quite well, but they're, they're, it's been sold out for a while or maybe not. Maybe I, I know that there's kind of was a shortage for a period of time and that, uh, that, that it seems like it's uh, all the rage up here. So maybe it was just here. Might have been just up there. Might have just been a been a been a hot spot for a couple of days. It could have been a hot spot. It definitely is uh, all the rage on uh, in in the soccer community up here first. So right. that, that's good to hear. So uh, you know, churches. I think you've taken a very unique uh, consumer first digital approach. Obviously, which you're leading. Uh, it helps connect uh, the guests to you know things that you're doing. How are you doing it? Can you talk to us about that approach? How it's worked, and, and maybe even how you led that transformation within churches. Yeah. And so really where we started two years ago was we knew we had to get back to a state of relevance with the consumer and the competitive set and all things digital. And it was really that consumer first lens on it. And so as we built our three phase journey, the first phase was last year, which was all about, like I said, building the base of the house, whereas we launched all of those uh, tactics like 
uh, a web experience, a listings, ex a listing experience, e-commerce, all those base ways that consumer demand comes in and how do we capture that demand and then turn that into a sale. And then I'd say this year was really about building the second floor of that house. We're focusing on our own channels like CRM and in social, we launched a new social playbook this year. What we're doing from a pay targeting perspective, relaunching our mobile app to have online ordering in it and starting to shift more towards behavioralized and personalized marketing. Uh, so those are the elements of we're building for the long term um, while also solving for the short term, um, thinking about those consumer behaviors in mind, whether it's how consumers are, are ordering today, more to go, right? And then how do they utilize our channels and what are the purpose for those channels? So the purpose of a web visit versus an app visit versus engaging with them on digital listings is all different. And so we've got to make sure that we're catering those to the evolving needs of our guests. Okay. And I think you've obviously seen a huge increase, kind of a spike in the engagement, digital engagement, correct? Uh, digital ordering has increased 80% since the launch of, uh, uh, since during COVID, should I say? And how have you been able to handle that demand? Uh, is it kind of falling on you and your team? And how do you see that demand going forward? You know, we've been able to, to handle demand very well. I'd say we were set up for success uh, with this. Pre-COVID, we already had multiple delivery partnerships set up at each restaurant. So delivery and that component of the business um, was already becoming more routine. And same with restaurants that had order ahead in, in curbside. So as that volume ticked up, it was more of a transition to drive-through and these off-premise channels uh, with a shift from the, from the dining room. So our team's been able to handle it very well. Um, operationally, this is a strong suit. A lot of our business pre-COVID was already a, a lot of to-go business. So our model is very to-go friendly. Um, and what I, what I say also is once we got into COVID and we saw those spikes start to come in more, that's where we also started to look at areas that we could ease friction on the digital side with our guests. So how do we get them to be able to, to find ordering a lot faster? How do we give them the information they want uh, in fewer clicks, those type of things. So we're, we didn't have to solve as much of the restaurants um, okay. when this happened. Okay. So uh, obviously with that transformation, it's been kind of a challenge and an opportunity for uh, a lot of brands, correct? I think you uh, would definitely fall on the opportunity side. You know, how have you made sure that your restaurants kept such a high level of quality and service? Uh, you know, and how do you kind of make up for that, the in-person visits uh, potentially? And then how, how do your teams manage that, uh, that, that, uh, that service quality? Yeah, that, that's a really good question because that's, that's challenging. Not being able to get in restaurants and uh, check in on the teams and be able to see what, what they're doing really well and where there's opportunity. And our ops team came out with a new tool called OER. Um, and what that is, is it allows them to do virtual visits into our restaurants. And so our, um, our field teams, our operators are able to go and do these virtual visits, which are um, pretty quick and be able to give that real-time feedback. So um, they still get touched. They still get that feedback to see where those opportunities to, to tweak, um, especially as you said earlier, as the model has shifted and we've got more you know, more happening on one part of the restaurant, a little less on another, right. another part. Um, but that's been some innovation that we've seen some real success with just in the last couple months. Okay, great. 
Um, customer loyalty, very important to us as an organization. You know, we have uh, 130, 140 members now, our brands, all kinds. Uh, we, we always like to understand how they define customer loyalty from a quantitative, qualitative perspective. And so what does customer loyalty mean to you? And then what does it mean to churches? Yeah, so when I think about customer loyalty for the QSR guests, it's, um, it's really about staying consistently in that consideration stat and giving the guest more reasons to choose your brand than, than, the, than the brand next door, than the restaurant next door. And so it, it fits into, I say, functional and emotional buckets. It's not just one or the other. It's great experiences at every interaction, whether it's physical or digital. It's seamless and easy experiences. How do you make things easier for your guests? How do you connect the brand to them and show them that you have the same value set, build that emotional side? And then I'd say one of the most important things is it's all about personalized interactions and personalized interactions, whether it's you understanding who this guest is, their ordering preferences, when they visit, what they like, that's what, that's what guests want. All of that encompasses loyalty and that's what keeps your brand in that top three set when someone says, where do you want to go to lunch today? Your brand pops in that set and that's how we think about loyalty. No, you're absolutely right. And consideration set, I think is a great way to uh, talk about it. We, uh, you know, we meet periodically with our, our members, marketers, and uh, that's a big challenge too, with all the disruption, all the challenges, not necessarily knowing what's going to come next year. You know, how do you keep top of mind? But doing it in a very subtle manner, right? Uh, whether it's safety or talking about the program, you know, having that reciprocity and that personalization that you mentioned, you know, that, that that's a great opportunity to do that. Uh, but most brands struggle to do it at scale. Uh, but it sounds like you guys do an amazing job, which is great to hear. Yeah, we're, it's, it's, it's a build. It's always evolving. There's certain right. parts you get right. And then you realize, okay, here's what we want to do next. And, and I always look towards um, outside of the restaurant industry, whether it's retail or hospitality or CPG and say, where do we want to get to? Because as our guests are interacting with those other brands that aren't restaurants, their expectations are rising and they're changing. And so uh, we have to measure what we're doing against all the brands they're engaging with, not just the other QSRs. Absolutely right. Yeah. So uh, can you talk to us a little bit about your, your customer engagement, your customer loyalty program, how it works, how long it's been around, uh, and that maybe plans you have for uh, evolving it as well? Yeah, I'd say our uh, customer engagement program is, is definitely evolving. It's, it's been building. Um, over the past two years, we've started to put, I'd say, the, the groundwork, the basics in place of a CRM platform around what is the right right messaging, what is the right creative, what is the right offer strategy, doing a, a ton of test and learn. Um, our entire journey is trying to move from the one to all to the one to one, that personalized behavioral marketing. And, and that's getting the data that, that we need on our guests to be able to get to as close to a single view of them as possible, to then inform, then have also technologies to be able to use that data to then get them a more personalized message. Um, and so that's using email, using our mobile app, um, pay channels, eventually SMS later this year or later next year. Um, what I like to say is people don't hate advertising. They just want it more personalized and no one wants to feel like a number and you should not feel like a number as part of a, a CRM or a customer engagement program. You should feel like a, you know, a limited edition. Absolutely. That's a I like that limited edition. That's uh, that's great. So when you look at kind of moving towards that one-to-one from one to all, that, that personal, personalized approach, you know, what are some of the opportunities that you see with that? And you've talked about a few of them. And you know, what are some of the challenges that you've had in that regard? Yeah, I think from an 
um, from an opportunity standpoint, it's finding what are those things that the, <clears throat> that the guests really care about. Is it around what products they truly like? Is it around their normal behavior pattern of when they visit, how they visit, um, recommendations, and how to move them around the menu? Those are a ton of opportunities, right, of how to increase your share of stomach with that, with that guest when they're already coming. I think that the challenges are really, you know, making sure you have the data in place and us building that data, I'd say a lot of that didn't exist um, when we started this journey two years ago. So having to build data that then is insightful that we can actually take action on. Um, and so it's the two prongs of having the, the tools and the marketing strategy and having the data to give the insights and putting those two together. Um, and so that's what we've been parallel pathing and we're on the cusp of having those two paths come together where we can actually use data at, that is real insightful to then um, automate more of this behavioral-based marketing. Okay, great. You know, you, you talked about uh, the personalization of rewards. How are you guys looking at that? Because I, I, think, I think you mentioned it earlier, staying in that consideration set is very important. So having an engagement or customer loyalty tool that looks at kind of short, medium and long-term engagement processes and the right reward pieces, whether that's content or product or surprise and delight. How do you look to personalize the, the kind of the offers? Yeah, it's, um, it's in a couple different ways. So one is, one is product and that's at the core. And I think that's what a lot of brands miss is their, what their, a brand's priority is a specific product. But for a guest, you've got to understand what products do they typically order yeah. um, or what products are maybe right on that sphere outside of what they order that you could move them into. And so that's the starting point is what is the right product? If I don't like bone in fried chicken, it doesn't matter how much of a discount you give me, I'm still not going to come in and get it. Um, and then I'd say the other part is really understanding timing and occasion. So if I typically come in the churches on a Friday and Saturday and I do not visit at all midweek, why would I send you an offer on Monday? Let me get you an offer on Thursday or on Friday when we're getting closer to that decision criteria or if it's close to a paycheck cycle uh, or if you're ordering large family meals versus uh, I'd say you know a single combo, things like that. So be able to take those three to four different factors and play with them, test them. Um, and, and that's really what gets you the 80% of the way. Okay, excellent. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, and you and I were kind of kind of prepping for this, uh, your old uh, CMO, Mike, Mark Snyder, spoke at a conference probably four years ago. Great guy. And he really talked about kind of emotional loyalty, how your fans are just raving fans. They start uh, early and kind of pass down from, you know, generation to generation, mother to daughter, uh, father to son. What does emotional loyalty mean to you and to your brand? And, and how do you look at that? How do you measure that? Yeah, uh, I'd say emotional loyalty is best seen in social media. And that's really how we, how we think about that emotional loyalty. And whether it's how your fans support or defend you in an open environment or how fast right. they're willing to turn on you, right? There's people that there's a brand that there's brands that you love that you're also willing to just flip the coin on real quick. And um, those brand, those, that emotional loyalty is built with those people that are going to defend you against other people that, um, you know, may speak ill will against your brand or think that another brand is, is better. So looking at things like sentiment, engagement, conversations, um, it's definitely much more on the qualitative side. And, and we do have these raving fans at churches um, that when we launched our, our chicken sandwich, just went nuts for it. And 
you know, defended us against other people that were saying, ah, it's not as good as this brand or, or that brand. Um, we've had scenarios where we had somebody post a video of a guy throwing our biscuits out of his car window because he said they, they weren't any good. Um, and I mean, we had 30 different fans, you know, going after him, to, you know, defending us on, on Twitter. So it's how, it's how your fans defend you. And um, I think that's at the core of those, those raving fans. Um, and, and that's that emotional loyalty that you want to build with everybody, right? Absolutely. So you mentioned uh, kind of how your fans defend you. Uh, is it, a lot of brands, you know, that, that have very engaged, highly passionate fans, they'll, they'll kind of have maybe some detractors as well, but you know, it's, it, it can be an opportunity, but often be a, a very challenge because their expectations could be higher. Right. I mean, is having highly engaged, loyal fans, emotionally connected fans, is that a good thing or a bad thing somewhere in the middle, or it's good, but it's, it's more difficult to keep up. I mean, what is your thoughts there? I, I think it's a good thing. It's, it's always a good thing to have a fan base that's connected and engaged, right? It's more of a problem if you, if your fans aren't engaged. Um, what I'll say is as from the brand side is it, you know, it holds you to a high standard. Yeah. So if you have a certain positioning or if you have a ton of voice or you have an expectation you've set with them, then you have to deliver on that, that each and every time you can't deviate off because you've set this expectation. And so that is a challenge from a brand side is you don't want to let these fans down. Right. Um, but I, I will take hundred percent engaged over um, an unengaged audience any day of the week. Okay. That's awesome. Absolutely. It's, it's definitely a good thing. Uh, and it, it, you know, as I said, reading all the stories you guys have and just knowing, you know, uh, some of the story that you seem to have a, a very loyal and emotionally engaged uh, audience, which is great. So when you look at uh, communication about your uh, customer rewards program, your engagement program, how do you keep customers up to, to date uh, with changes and, and, and maybe even how do you look at communication during COVID-19 with you know, some of the safety measures or just changes or enhancements you're making to the program? How do you keep that? Uh, how do you keep yourself in front of the customer in that consideration set in kind of a, uh, you know, a, kind of a relevant manner? Yeah, we actually, we use all our channels. So it's, you know, it's a multi-channel approach, whether it's our website, our digital listings, we have a mobile welcomer. So if you access our website on your mobile phone, it pops up with your nearest location and it pulls in details around that. Um, we use our social media um, channels, like our, our Facebook cards, things like that. And then pairing along with mobile app, email, and our social channels. And we, we take that approach where we're talking about health and safety in, in all of these channels. We're talking about product. We're talking about promotion. And so we're using each of these channels. Sometimes it's a primary message. Sometimes it's a secondary. But we know that a guest may engage with us on two of these four channels or one of these four channels. So we can't solely just say this is only a channel to talk about health and safety on our website. We've got to continue to talk about it in our social channels. And that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook because we also know people may only be following us on one of those channels. Absolutely. Um, so it, using, a, I'd say, a very multi-channel approach. Okay, great. Um, when you look at the customers, customers obviously changing. They were changing before uh, kind of COVID. Now, obviously, there they're, are you know, greater changes. But you know, how are your customers changing? And how are you adapting that changes? Is it more takeout? Do you see that going, uh, you know, going forward and more delivery services, you know, how are your customers changing and, and, you know, how are you adapting and uh, to, to do those, those changes that you're seeing? Yeah, I, I definitely think it has to do with the e-commerce e side of the business off premise. So 
Um, this idea of giving customers more convenience, which has come up in, in COVID, where everything has become more convenient from an ordering perspective, is now a mandatory for a brand. So why would a guest ever wait in line again if they can have their food ready when they show up to the restaurant or have it delivered to their front door? Time is precious and it's um, the idea of convenience in all areas of your life that we're never gonna go back to after, after 2020. And so um, always looking for ways to make the ordering process more convenient, the experience at the restaurant, whether you're going through the drive-through or, or picking up convenient. Um, but I only see that, that area of the restaurant industry um, continuing to grow and off-premise is gonna grow with it because that is a convenience factor. Absolutely. And how do you measure the success of your customer loyalty, customer experience efforts? Are there certain KPIs that, that you and your team have? And are there maybe even KPIs you would like to have more information on? Yeah, I'd say there's a number of things. So looking at things like uh, conversion revenue and sales, conversion rate, cost per conversion, all, all of those based on campaign and everyday metrics. Um, we're starting to move into customer lifetime value and looking at the guest journey through, uh, through the funnel. So looking at, at those elements. Um, and then from a social perspective, we've got a proprietary kind of scorecard that we look at at social through um, that gives us a, another lens to that universe. And so those are some of the key metrics we're looking at on the you know, weekly, monthly basis um, in our audiences. Okay, great. And um, you know, what do you think the next big thing for uh, your, your brand is with regard to customer loyalty? Is, are there things in the industry you're seeing that are kind of the next big thing for customer loyalty, customer experience? Yeah, I think it's truly recognizing a customer for who they are and using the data they provide you. So if, if you don't use the data that people are giving you, then we're gonna start, they start to see you as a number. And so um, this idea, I keep harping on it, this idea of personalization, um, I think that is the next big thing. And, and there's some brands that are already there, um, but that's gonna become um, very synonymous with loyalty. It's not gonna be, do I earn points and where can I, how many points can I earn for um, buying this product or to get me in for this next visit? It's about how to create a personalized experience um, and personalized marketing for that guest. I think that is the next big thing. And that's what we're going to see a lot of in 21. Absolutely. And the last question I have for you is uh, what can Loyalty360 do for you as a trade association for the industry? What can we do to help you with your journey uh, to, 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 to give you more data insight, you know, what, what can we do to help? Yeah, I think it's helping identify what are those, um, what are those shifts in customer loyalty and in, in guest behavior. And as an, as an industry, where is, uh, where, are, where are consumers going? So from a brand perspective, how can we, um, you know, make sure we're, we're staying on top of those macro trends and also some of those, some of those micro trends too. What are some of those um, those nuanced wins that we can uh, that we can go after um, that that have a short term benefit? Okay, great. Well, Alan, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, it was great uh, hearing about church and something you, uh, you're working on, and great uh, your strategy is uh, very unique and uh, obviously very effective. And looking forward to hearing more from you in 2021. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Mark. Absolutely.